What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Mr. Health Coach Ev. Uh, if you're not following us yet, please go give us a follow um, over at OMHC underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, you know, we're not advertising anything there, guys. It just kind of helps um, get the word out. It's, you know, slow moving with any new account. I completely get that. Um, so it, it's just very important that we get as many follows as we can in the beginning. I, I super, super appreciate that. But anyway, if you're new here, the short of all of this is uh, basically what we do is we interview real people with real stories um, regarding mental health issues. And when this started, I thought it was going to be exclusively just these interviews and, and things like that. And, you know, it's just like if you guys have ever started anything in life or, you know, whether it's a business or project or uh, maybe a podcast yourself, anything like that. Um, it's something that you just have to accept. No matter how much planning you do, there are always going to be little things that come up. It's always usually going to be harder than you estimated. It's almost always going to require more work than you estimated. So um, I'm kind of in that boat right now. You know, I, I the people that we've gotten on have been absolutely fantastic, right? And but the problem is filtering out. You know, to get to those people, um, making sure people are truly ready to do it, and you know, that they're actually comfortable doing something like this, which everyone that's been on so far has. Um, so there's a lot more work to it than I ever thought there would be. And and that's okay. I love doing this. The point of me prefacing with all of that is, you know, sometimes it's a little tougher to get people ready to go and on the podcast interview said and done um, before, you know, the Monday comes around. And, you know, a lot of people when starting a podcast, and they, I think this is a fair recommendation, they were saying, you know, maybe you should have you know, a few months worth of podcasts done before you get started. And I mean, quite frankly, I think that's pretty fair and good recommendation. I just am someone who I really like to just dive into something right away and kind of just um, figure everything out along the way. That does not mean I don't have a plan. I always have a plan, but I, I think sometimes that just leads to procrastination and stuff. So the minute I had the idea, I'm like, okay, we'll get rolling with this. So um, basically a very long winded way of saying you know, we have a few more people lined up right now, actively, actually. It's just getting the time to record with them. And, of course, if you're someone who's been listening to this and, you know, you have a story with mental health issues and you have a resolution with it, um, I'm not looking for people who are at some perfect spot. By the way, when I say the resolution thing, that's not what we're getting at at all. I'm looking for the people if you've heard the other podcast, maybe you can get a good feel of who I'm looking for based on that. But it's people that you can tell are inspired by this because they've dealt with it themselves and they've gotten to a point where they are living an otherwise, you know, what I would call normal and um, healthy life. And I'm super thankful for the people that we found already. You know, none of these guys are like, you know, on drugs or anything like that. And I don't mean medications. I mean, like, no recreational drugs for the most part, maybe the occasional drink here and there, stuff like that. But um, everyone that's doing this has really overcome a lot in their life and they've gotten to a great spot. And I just have a huge respect for those people. So, no one needs to be perfect, that's for sure. But if you feel like you've been able to overcome some major kind of humps with all this stuff and you have that story for someone else, please uh, feel free. Um, let's get you on here. You can actually go to my Instagram. Just go to the OMHC Instagram, actually, the OMHC underscore podcast. Um, shoot me a DM and I will send you the form that I use. It takes about five, ten minutes to fill out. Uh, but I'll send you the form that I use to just kind of figure out, okay, you know, how, how can we make this a great thing for the podcast? Where does this person fit in? Um, are they good to go? Things like that. So um, I don't want to keep babbling on, but definitely go check that out. So uh, you guys saw the title. This one is about, 
And it's a super important topic. I don't think it's going to be that long, but super important topic of how do we help someone else that is dealing with this stuff? Like how do we support a friend, family member, whoever, um, with taking the first step to kind of get help with these issues? So this is something I have like a notebook where I write like just different ideas down for different things. And um, one of the things that I remembered was when I was uh, speaking, this wasn't that long ago, it was probably only a month ago, but I was speaking to this, um, it's actually a pretty small audience, probably only about like eight people per class. It was a, um, it was a class for high school students, like seniors that knew they wanted to go into medicine or like something with health, I should say. Like it was nursing, it was pre-med, um, things like that. And the teacher asked me something I had never been asked before. She asked me, what do you think someone else could have done when you were dealing with this stuff to you know, support you or help you get help? And that was something that I actually like really had to sit on and think about because the truth is, you know, even looking back, I have no idea. I'll be 100% transparent and honest. I have no idea if anyone could have actually said something or could have done something, you know, 100% guaranteed that would have made me um, go get help earlier. Because unfortunately, what I've realized, especially just doing all this stuff and, of course, in my own experience – I've noticed that the time that most of us dealing with this stuff end up getting help or getting support for these things is right around the time that we're dealing with that crisis situation. And the crisis situation that I'm talking about is, and don't get me wrong, some people go through many crises, but the crisis situation in general when referring to mental health issues is usually referring to someone who has dealt with this stuff maybe um, for, you know, some kind of extended period of time and they just have that snapping moment and that snapping moment could be violence. It could be, you know, I, I hate to use this term because this is not what it is, but, you know, almost feeling crazy, like losing your mind kind of stuff. It, it feels like, right. I'm not saying that's literally what's happening, but it feels like that, um, you know, breakdowns, uh, just complete feeling of giving up. And unfortunately for some people that could be, um, you know, suicidal ideations, excuse me, um, or even acting upon that. So the crisis situation has many different faces. Um, it looks many different ways, but the point is it's usually that, that ends up landing the person in help. Um, in my case, what happened is, you know, I was kind of forced into that because if you know my story, I mean, I ended up doing something that was pretty like not okay to be doing. And I was forced to get help and get support um, with these counselors I was assigned uh, on probation. The thing looking back, it's like the ultimate irony because I spent the majority of my childhood and teenage years not wanting people to know that I had mental health issues. And again, you know, most of the time I didn't realize that's what it was. I just thought I was crazy. I didn't like, you know, I didn't fully realize what I was going through. But the thing is, regardless, I didn't want people to know about it, right? And well, then you ask why. Well, why wouldn't you want someone to know about this? Well, of course, I didn't know a lot about mental health issues. I didn't know. You guys may have heard me say this before, but I didn't know that 25% of people um, in America, I know this is true for America. I'm not sure if this is true for everywhere, but 25% of people in America, especially that 5 to 18 range um, of those kids are going to deal with a diagnosable mental health issue this year alone. And unfortunately, out of that 25%, only 20% is going to actually get help for that. 80% is 
of those kids are not going to seek support and they're going to continue to suffer in silence. So I didn't know that other people were dealing with this stuff. I mean, obviously it's sad, right? That's, that's one side of the coin is that it's sad that one in four are dealing with this. And the truth is, you know, I never reported stuff like this. So the chances are the numbers are probably higher. I would, wouldn't be surprised to see it be 30, 33%. Um, so I didn't know about that though. And that's one of the reasons I hit it. Cause again, I thought I was alone with this. I thought I was crazy and we don't really want people to think that we're crazy, right? I certainly didn't want people to think I was crazy. So what I was trying to avoid was people thinking that I was crazy and, you know, as a result, outcasting me for that. And I look at it and uh, again, you know, I try not to live life with regrets, but it is, it, it is very, 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 very ironic looking back how the crisis situation that I ended up landing myself into because of my lack of choosing to get support and get help ended up putting me in a situation where everyone kind of knew something was wrong, whether or not they called it mental health issues or not. Uh, they definitely knew something was, I was wrong. Uh, some people definitely thought I was crazy. And, and in fairness, again, I, I don't really like that word, but it's very loosely thrown around and correctly thrown around, but I don't blame them. I, I really do not blame them. I'm not just being hard on myself. I don't blame them for that at all. And everyone kind of knew. So I look back, I'm like, wow, that kind of whole all thing started at five years old was until 17, late 17, almost 18 years old, that this happened. I'm like, wow, that's a long time, man, you know, for kind of nothing, because the worst fear came true at the end of the day. So I don't say that to, uh, you know, discourage anyone. If anything, it's to encourage you that if you were someone you know is dealing with this right now, well, okay, usually, unfortunately, someone that goes through this long term, uh, your worst fear with this stuff is going to come true in probably a pretty aggressive way if we just keep kind of going with it untreated. So it's really smart to kind of get that support. But, um, you know, after having said all that, the whole point of this is, right, what can you do for someone else uh, dealing with this? This isn't necessarily just for the person um, listening who's dealing with this today, but, you know, the person's listening, their friend or their family member or something like that. So I look back and one thing I will say right off the bat, um, and of course, guys, you know, I'm not a doctor, so uh, this is just, you know, kind of stuff that I'm sharing. It's my opinion. Uh, you guys can take it any way you want, but at the end of the day, it's always probably best to ask a professional this type of stuff. I'm sure they know better than myself, um, for how to get people to get help and support with this stuff. The number one thing I know though, is there has to be, I'm almost positive of this, that there has to be some level of the person who is suffering, having a desire to get help for themselves. I don't care if it's 1%, 5%, 10%, whatever. We cannot make people, with this stuff especially, do something that they do not want to do. And that's just the fact. So as a friend or family member trying to support someone through this, I would say you got to dig um, that 1%, 5%, 10% out of them. And I don't mean to be like aggressive in your questioning and stuff like that. But you have to figure out, because you know your friend or family member best, definitely better than me, you have to figure out the way to communicate with them to get to that. If you know that exists somewhere, this person wants to get better, maybe they just don't know what to do, um, or they haven't accepted that they actually aren't well yet, you got to figure out how to get to that comfortably. Um, some of the stuff that I think is most useful with that is 
I know this is going to sound so simple, but it really is probably, I think, one of the most important things is you just taking someone, maybe you're one-on-one with them. I actually would definitely recommend you're one-on-one, not in a group. I, I do not think a group setting for the first kind of thing is a good idea. Um, but taking that person and just saying, hey, are you okay? And you're probably going to get one of two reactions. One, that person is, you know, maybe there's someone that has just been waiting for someone to ask them that question and you just said the magic words and they are going to dump it all on you. And um, that's the beginning of actually getting help. And that's great. That's the best case scenario, right? But we all know that's not how it goes all the time. That might be a percentage, but I do think probably the majority of the time what's going to happen is be like, yeah, I'm fine. Or, or what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Am I okay? So then I would just as calmly as possible and, you know, without, casting any judgment just be like hey you know billy hey sally um i noticed that before you were like this and lately or recently i've noticed that you're like that it just seems like there was some kind of change so i wanted to know if you were okay and again you know then you say that and there's going to be one of two options in my uh experience you know they're still going to push it off and okay i wouldn't get aggressive with it I wouldn't start pushing it. I would just be like, okay, you know, I, I was just wondering. And hey, if you ever need to talk about anything, let me know. Kind of leave it at that. Um, and of course, guys, I think this is obvious, but just in case, this specifically, what I just said, would be for the person who you may be dealing with depression, anxiety, but is not suicidal to your um, knowledge. Of course, if someone is dealing with that, and we'll talk about that in a second, I would say much more aggressive uh, means need to be taken. But so you say that to that person, you say, hey, well, um, listen, if you got anything to talk about ever, you just let me know. But I would completely back off of it. I would completely get off the subject. Um, or two, you know, they they do open up to you then and then you're kind of good to go. But I think the reason you want to be not so aggressive in your questioning and stuff like that is because we all know this, right? When we go home. We may have said something, and this is, isn't mental health stuff, but there might have been something that was said to us or whether it's like an insult or a compliment or whatever in our life. And when we're away from the group or the person that said it, we think about that thing that was said, right? Like sometimes we're thinking about things that were said to us uh, for a very long time. I'm sure you have the same experience as me. There's things you know, negative that were said to me in my life that I can literally remember from 14, 15 years ago than being said to me. I know exactly where I was. I know what day of the week it was. I know who said it because unfortunately some of that negative stuff holds a lot of weight, but so does a lot of the positive stuff. If something makes us feel really good, it does that. So my point in saying that is when you ask a question like that and you're showing that concern in them, if you are correct that something's actually going on, they're going to think about that, right? Like there's no way you could go home or you know be driving in your car or something by yourself and not be thinking about what that person said. So when you kind of throw that spark out there, right, and then you just disassociate, say, hey, okay, cool. If you got anything to tell me ever, just let me know. You allow that person to come to their own conclusions. They don't feel like they're being attacked. They might not have been comfortable being like that vulnerable on the spot if they weren't expecting to do it. And I think you allow that person to come to a place where maybe, unfortunately, right, we're just doing this to be good people. We're not doing this to get anything. Maybe, unfortunately, they never do say anything to you, Right. But maybe you made them realize, hey, you know, they I need support from someone else, professional thing looks like that. So who knows what kind of like butterfly effect down the road that question, are you okay, could have long term. I think that's super important. Don't underestimate that stuff. But you want to be. 
the friend who asks that. And again, not, you know, making anyone say anything they don't want to say, but letting them know that, Hey, yo, it's cool. Like I don't judge <laughs> uh, you're my friend. And then that's all right. Um, I think it's just a super important thing. If the person, if you, you know, have a friend or family member that's at that point where you think something like serious might happen, where unfortunately maybe they do harm themselves or harm someone else. Um, I, I do know there's a few ways to go about this. I mean, guys, I, I would give them the opportunity to be like, Hey, like I know you need help and we got to do something about this. If that doesn't work, it's tough to say, but when someone's in that episode, you can't feel guilty for getting maybe like higher power involved, right? Whether it is the law or someone like that, or their parents, depending on how young you are listening to this, you could save someone's life, right? And that also brings up a good point. I want to be very clear between the difference between personal responsibility for someone and being a good friend. This is, I think, something that is so tough for people. Um, myself is fully included in this. If we have a friend who is addicted, we have a friend who is suicidal, we have a friend who is depressed or anxious, it is being a good friend to try to start the conversation and try to support them through getting help, no doubt. It is not anyone's responsibility for what that person chooses to do with what they have going on. You are not responsible for the person's addiction. You are not responsible if the person... Um, you know, chooses to attempt to maybe take their own life. You're not responsible for the person's depression or anxiety. At the end of the day, there are things that we can do to support these things, but you know, it's not, it's again, we walk the fine line because I've had you know people that I've lost things like that. And the minute they're gone, all you do is go through your head and be like, Oh my God, I could have done that. should have done that. Would have done that. Guys, a lot of the times I think this is so much bigger than that. And are there stories of people saying one thing to someone and that turning everything around? Yes. And that's what you can do, right? Ask, are you okay? Hey, I'm always here. If you need to talk, something like that, but you got to be able to separate being a good friend from taking personal responsibility for this person's actions, addictions, and mental health issues. Cause it's not your responsibility. Um, I hope I kind of make, I hope that makes sense to people out there. Cause that was something that kind of took me a long time to really get and accept. And it's one of those things I'd say that's easier said than done. So something I'm still always constantly working on, but something to remember. And kind of the last point I want to touch on here is you can give your friend or family member an anonymous source that they might not know about to help start the conversation with this stuff. And if you're someone dealing with this stuff, I mean, this is going to be super useful for you as well. I think you guys may have heard of this. There is the suicide um, or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that's 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Now, what's really cool about this is this is – don't let, well, I'll just put it this way. Don't let the name fool you. You do not have to be in a suicidal situation to call these people. You could be in the beginning stages of all this stuff or – if maybe you feel like towards the end, and I still think this is a great resources, uh, resource, excuse me, they have professionals on the other line that know what to do and help you kind of get on the right track because sometimes, you know, it's just hard. Even if you trust your family, even if you trust your friends, it can be very hard to have this conversation with them starting out. Totally get that. 
So I think there's like nothing better than the fact that this is like around that you can just talk to someone who knows what they're doing completely anonymous, anonymously, excuse me. And uh, it's toll free guys. So that's the best part. There's really no excuse. That's 1-800-273-8255. You could simply search Google as well for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, this thing is everywhere nowadays. It is probably impossible to tell how many lives that lifeline has saved. But for you to know that that's there and for you to share that with other people that it's there, I think is super um, helpful. And then the last thing I'll say is <laughs> I, I always um, I share this in schools, uh, minding your mind. Uh, the company I speak for requires us, and I think it's a great requirement, to share both the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and all of our presentations, um, as well as the crisis text line. And what I love about the crisis text line, and I chuckled about it, you know, it's not funny if you're going through it right now, I totally get that, but these kids sometimes think it's funny because I'm up there speaking. And the truth is, I had such bad social anxiety that like, I wasn't comfortable ordering pizzas and stuff like that. There was no way I don't think at least I was getting on some phone and calling some dude or calling some girl, even if they were a professional and telling them everything I had going on. I think I would have been too nervous to do that. So I love the crisis text line. Uh, you can text connect or you can text hello to 741741. This is literally almost the exact same thing as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, except it's just simply the text version. Um, and in today's world, I think a lot of us don't really like talking on the phone. So that could probably be useful to everyone. But someone dealing with anxiety, especially, um, I think I could be wrong. I think most people that have anxiety in general deal with some kind of social anxiety. And then some of us actually have, okay, like, yo, this is diagnosable. Social anxiety is a little worse. So I totally get that. Uh, been there with it for sure. And the crisis text line super, um, super powerful for stuff like that. So guys, you know, again, one of these shorter podcasts, one of these ones that's not an interview, but I get good feedback from people when um, I do stuff like this. So I really hope that this is useful to someone. Again, if you're someone that found benefit from this today, please shoot me a DM. Just let me know that what we're doing here is beneficial because that's what keeps me going and keeps me motivated to doing this. Um, it's actually been incredible. I was not expecting to make like, this is not something I wanted to make money off of necessarily, right? If you can, that's great, but never thought that would happen. And um, a few of you guys have already donated and some people are monthly subscribers. Um, and I've never asked for that once. If you listen to these podcasts, like you guys are awesome. Like, thank you so much. Um, it's, <laughs> I'm definitely not quitting any jobs yet, but you know, the fact that you guys have done that totally tells me I'm on the right track with this, makes it worth it. And, um, it's some people that, you know, I've never even talked to. So that is just really cool of you really appreciate that. And just know that I, I do see you guys out there. Um, and it, it goes a long way. So, um, if you guys do appreciate this stuff, shoot me a message. Let me know that, Hey, Ev, this is worth doing and you know, keep pushing through with it, my man. Um, and if you guys haven't checked out the last interview, one of our most popular ones, um, got amazing feedback by that. It was our first, um, you know, uh, speaker that had dealt with uh, sexuality issues, right? He's a homosexual. Um, and we have not had anyone on the podcast yet, as far as I know, um, that is homosexual. And I think that just brings a whole new side of mental health issues to light. So I think his episode is great to listen to in general. It's Kevin's. Um, but especially if you're someone that has had to deal with some of the struggles from maybe society um, or just feeling like you don't fit in with stuff like that. Kevin is just, he's the guy. Um, definitely a person you want to listen to and check his podcast out. So um, with that said, guys, 
Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev here. Um, you can check me out at OMHC uh, underscore podcast. You can also check me out now at digest the number two health.com. And my last little shout out here will be you know, a lot of people um, have asked before, hey, you know, wh- what's the speaking thing? What do you do? So I am a professional speaker for a company called Minding Your Mind. Um, they hire and uh, train uh, young adult speakers to basically share their story in such a way that it educates and encourages. Um, young adults, kids, students to ask for help. So we actually have studies showing that the way we're trained increases the rates of people asking for help when we go into the schools. Um, so if you guys think, hey, you know, I like the student, I'd love to have him come to the school or whatever. Um, it'd be honestly my privilege. Uh, there is pretty much no school I wouldn't talk to. You know, it, it doesn't discriminate. It goes for everyone. Um, I've done you know, pretty much everything all the way up to the college level. So um, I really noticed that it's something that everyone can use, especially right now in today's world. So if you guys are ever interested in that, you can email me at evan at mindingyourmind.org or at the very least, guys, I I think they, I don't know if they think I'm just kissing up sometimes when I say this to these guys, but I love Minding Your Mind. I think their mission is amazing. They're in a lot of schools right now, but the number one problem is they're not in enough. I Truly, I hope this doesn't sound ridiculous. I truly believe that minding your mind speakers should be in every single school and there should be one per year. Uh, the mental health epidemic is out of control. So I don't know why we wouldn't be doing that. So again, I don't get any plugs for this, but if you're not thinking, hey, you know, maybe Evan's story isn't the greatest, you can go to mindingyourmind.org um, slash speakers. Actually, I'm sorry, let me check this out real quick um, because I know we just changed the website. So let me make sure that will still work for you guys. Speakers. Okay. Wow. That does not come up anymore. All right. So what you're going to want to do is go to miningyourmind.org. Uh, um, and again, we have that new kind of website set out and then you'll see on the first page, young adult speakers. Um, and then you can select. Hey, so you click young adult speakers and learn more. Um, and then you can kind of go to the area uh, that you're in. You're going to have to scroll down. So we have offices in Pennsylvania, New England, New York, New Jersey, New York, and then everywhere else. It's kind of funny. Um, I guess they, they must have known because I've told them before I, I love the traveling. I don't mind going anywhere. So I'm listed under the everywhere else thing. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you guys can check people out um, there. You can read the individual stories. Just click on um, their profile. And if you guys find someone from Minding Your Mind that you think would re- um, kind of reside or relate better to your group or organization or school, guys, that's totally cool. Like, you know, choose them. That, that's totally fine. I, I more about this getting out to as many people as possible than I am making it to Evan Transu show. That's not really what I care about at all. Um, unfortunately, I have plenty of work and there will be plenty of work in the future. So I'm not really worried about that. And um, I think that's about it. Cool. So I gave all my little shout outs at the end. I'll let you guys know what's up. All right. Yeah. If you guys can't tell, this is one of the more um, improv ones, but I think sometimes that's actually makes for some of the best podcasts. So again, if you guys like this, Hit me up, but Evan Transu, Health Coach Ev here. You're listening to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will definitely have an interview for you guys either next week or the week after that. So um, I look forward to bringing you that. You guys have a great day.